This conference will now be recorded. Good morning, everyone. My name is Tim. I'm an alcoholic, amongst other things. Could we please have a moment's silence? This workshop is for members of Al-Anon, S-Anon or other Anon fellowships or those interested in this subject matter. We will examine the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous as they can be practiced to solve the problems arising out of alcoholism or addiction in someone we are close to. We're not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Our views are our own and do not reflect the position taken by any particular fellowship. This is not a substitute for membership of or attendance or of a fellowship. We aim merely to share our experience. If that experience is beneficial, we're pleased. Each week, a number of presenters will present on the step in question. There will then be room for questions and answers plus discussion. Um, the sessions will last an hour or so. During each session, somebody organizes any questions you have using the chat function. We're recording this session. Audio recordings of the workshop plus written materials are made available at the workshop blog. Links are posted during the meeting. Today we're examining step 12 and we've split step 12 into three parts being uh, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Uh, uh, the second part is we try to carry this message to, to others. Um, and the third part is we practice these principles in all our affairs. So we're looking at the spiritual awakening side of things. And as usual, I'm going to uh, put up on screen. It works. No, it hasn't worked. Just give me a second. Ah, oh, that's better. <clears throat> I, I put up on the screen a document which contains extracts from the big book. Uh, on the topic, plus some little notes of my own for what it's worth below. All of this is published at the blog. Now, uh, there is an awful lot of material on the spiritual awakening in the big book. In fact, the whole of the big book is basically how to have a spiritual awakening and not die in the process. Um, so the quotations are ones that focus very specifically on the spiritual awakening there is no way of covering all of them so i'll cover um, a selection as occurs to me in the moment uh, this happens to be the first one so let's start there as julie andrews would probably have started at the very beginning a very good place to start uh, this physician had repeatedly tried this is dr bob this physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma but had failed but when the broker, broker, that's Bill, gave him Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness, the physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady with a willingness he had never been, never before been able to muster. He sobered never to drink again up to the moment of his death in 1950. Now, if you read the chapter a vision for you. It elaborates more fully on this little story, uh, namely Dr. Bob's introduction to AA. And then if you want the fuller version, there's uh, Dr. Bob's nightmare, uh, which is just after the basic text. It's the first of the stories at the back. And what's very interesting is that uh, AA, or at least the AA program, 
was based very heavily on uh, some principles which were borrowed from the so-called Oxford group, which was a sort of notionally a Christian organization, but was not connected to the church or any particular denomination. It was really a sort of set of principles taken from the New Testament. Um, now, Dr. Bob had been trying to use those principles for a number of years, uh, as this says, to keep himself sober, but he hadn't, it hadn't worked, which is very odd. You'd think, it, well, why not? If you go to God, surely God is going to help you. Um, <clears throat> but what happened with Bob was that after a few weeks, I was going to say in AA, he wasn't in AA, there was no AA. Bill visits Bob. So Bill is your first sort of proto member of AA. Bill visits Bob to tell him about the hopelessness of alcoholism and the spiritual solution connected to that. And, and Dr. Bob is already sold on this idea of needing a spiritual solution. But after a few weeks, he gets drunk. He goes on uh, a trip to attend a medical conference. He was, Dr. Bob was a proctologist whose hand shook just Rest with that image for a moment. He went to a medical conference and, came, and got drunk and was drunk for days and came back. And when he got back, he talked to Bill and he realized there was an aspect of the program he hadn't fully followed through on, and it was amends. He was scared of making amends because of his reputation, um, uh, even though obviously drunkenness will give you a reputation. But he was scared of making amends in case it damaged his reputation. So, and here's the curious thing. The physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady. This didn't involve sitting on a cushion and praying for six hours a day. It involved getting in his car still a bit drunk from the day before and um, he kind of drank drove on his you know when he made amends um so he he still wasn't physically recovered from alcohol but he, he did the rounds and he made he he made his amends he said what he needed to say he apologized where he needed to apologize all in one day and he never drank again and there are certain bits of the big book where it says if you do this you'll drink and then there are other bits where it says if you don't do this you'll drink and the seven aspects are uh the first one is on oh i'm gonna have to do page numbers now 66 it talks about if you remain resentful you'll drink again uh, it talks about uh, on page 70, I think, uh, ongoing harm. If you continue to harm people, you'll drink. And they're not saying it means you're a very, very bad person. And because you're a bad person, you'll drink. They, they say, no, 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 no. That's just our experience. We just carried on drinking when we did that. So that's number two. Number three is um, 
uh, around page 73, it talks about secrets. You don't want to be keeping any of those pesky little secrets. Uh, you then get to 77. I think it's 77. It's something about uh, uh, we won't get over our drinking until we do our utmost to straighten out the past. So that's making all of the amends. Next page 78, it talks about uh, we had to face all of our creditors, all the people we owe. 85, it talks about complacency. And then bottom of 14, top of 15. And this is the, the key part, I think. Uh, if an alcoholic didn't perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he couldn't possibly um, he couldn't possibly survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. So, to cut a long story short, pursuing the spiritual med uh, the, the spiritual remedy does not mean you need to buy a one-way ticket to Thailand or Nepal. Now, if you want to do that as part of your step eleven, no one is going to stop you. Maybe we can have a whip round for you if you're clipping coupons for those trips. But the spiritual remedy that the 12 steps offers is really, really practical. Um, stop presenting people. Uh, stop harming people. Tell someone your secrets. Uh, mend your fences with other people. Pay back all the money. It's not your money. It's theirs. Uh, be watchful of yourself. That's not being complacent and uh, work and self-sacrifice for others. Uh, just on the Al-Anon note, as usual, that's um, that sort of instruction can be like catnip to an Al-Anon. Um, oh, goody, I get to sacrifice myself for others. Well, th th that's what we tell the alcoholics. OK, in the Alanons, we have to adjust. We have we have to adjust that for those of us with an Alanon stripe down our backs, and say, what does what does that mean? That means, um, once our own house is in order, we're going to have some time left over as long as we're not busy interfering in other people's lives. With the time that's left over, we say to God, Hey, do you have anything you need me to do? So it's not, you know me fulfilling my own agenda by getting everybody else organized around me so that they're happier than they currently are no 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 it's 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 being constructively useful in the world on the behalf of the higher power regardless of what other people think anyway so those are the se the seven things as i say step 11 is part of that step 11 is necessary to access the power to access direction as to what to do with that power but the spiritual remedy is super practical you've actually got to do things you've got to go and talk to people you've got to be careful of what is going on in your mind there's got to be a complete change in attitude particularly on the resentment front and so when dr bob decided he was going to uh put his back into it because he wouldn't stop drinking otherwise it wasn't it's all or nothing then it worked and there are a couple of other interesting related passages there's 
But when Ebby Thatcher, Ebby Thatcher was a member of the Oxford groups who went to see Bill Wilson in 1935, uh, he explains what the programme was, the system was. And Bill said, my friend promised that when these things were done, four letter word, it's the worst four letter word in the programme. When these things were done, I would enter into a new relationship with my creator. Uh, and so these things have to be done. Uh, it's no good doing three quarters of them or half of them or one quarter of them and expecting three quarters of the results or half of the results or a quarter of the results or even worse, all of the results. If you go to lots of meetings, you'll hear someone who is on, I don't know, step two or step four or step seven or one third of their way through, you know, the step nine, complaining that they haven't got the full promises of the program. Like you're supposed to get the promises first and then you work the program. It's the other way around. And unfortunately, now I didn't make this up. This is just as it appears to me, and I've seen this so many times, I'm pretty sure it's true. Uh, the completion element is vital, and it's like a, if you take a trip to Edinburgh, you've got to pass through all of the intermediate stations along the way. If you refuse to go through Berwick-upon-Tweed, you're not going to get to Edinburgh. You're going to end up somewhere else. 11 twelfths of the way to Edinburgh gives you 0% of the benefit of being in Edinburgh. It doesn't give you 11 twelfths. You don't get to enjoy 11 twelfths of Edinburgh because you're 11 twelfths of the way there. You can't even see it. All you see is bracken and moors and sheep. No Edinburgh, no castle, no kilts, nothing. And the program's a bit like that. It's pretty brutal. Um, and I'll give you an example as to why. Have you ever had a resentment, just one, and it ruins your whole day? There you go. That's why. There is not much difference between having 47 resentments, 5,000 resentments, and one resentment. If you have 47,000 resentments, at least you have the benefit that they alternate, you switch back and forth, there's some variety, there is some interest. You've got one resentment and one resentment only, it's there like a constant companion, 24 hours a day. Honestly, I'd rather have lots of resentments than one resentment. One resentment is enough to ruin your whole day. And if your life is made up of days, it's ruin ruining your, literally ruining your whole life. Um, if anyone is familiar with the spin-off films from the Harry Potter franchise, Fantastic Beasts, there is a creature there um, called an, I think, called an Occamy, uh, which is, and this adjective is made up by J.K. Rowling, Karanatixic. Uh, and what that means is it expands to fill the space it's in. If it's enticed into a teapot, it fills the space of the teapot. If you let it out into a huge hall, it fills the space of the hall. And resentment is like that. Whatever your spiritual, emotional, psychological space, a resentment, if you've got one, will fill the entire space. 
doesn't matter how small it is in theory it's the it's the space that occupies that the resentment occupies which um dictates its size it's not the size of the offense or the size of the offender or the gravity of it so this is this is really an all or nothing thing and uh another point about having a spiritual awakening is that if you want to have one you better have one quickly um if you cut your lawn one blade of grass at a time take it easy they say so you say well i shan't rush with the mower i'm going to cut my lawn one blade at a time by the time you finished and you're at the far end and you're cutting the last blade of grass very finely and you look back and the lawn looks exactly the same as when you started the uh the exercise two years earlier if you take two years to cut your lawn <laughs> you've you've maybe taken the same actions as someone that's done it in a day or half a day but because you spread it out over time the grass has now grown up and you've done all that effort for nothing and it's very like that in my experience with the program six weeks to three months is pretty good if it takes up to six months so be it if you have my friend narinda had like i think she had 670 people on her step nine list now lots of these got not this is someone you know if you have 13 cousins and each of 13 brothers and sisters and each of those has you know a thousand children then you're going to have lots and lots of people to make amends to if you have a big mouth and a rolling pin and narinda had a big mouth and a rolling pin um but she but so we cut it down she, i think it ends up being two or three hundred but nonetheless it can take a bit longer to get round all the cousins um but if the conditions are fulfilled uh you get into the fourth dimension this higher realm which is the spiritual awakening uh, my friend tom says um about forgiveness god says come into heaven whenever you like but i have one condition you have to forgive everyone first before you can be forgiven and you're like can't i just have some of my forgiveness first and once i've had my forgiveness then um you know i'll forgive everyone else and you can let me into the banquet and god says no 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 house rules you have to forgive everyone else before you're allowed into the banquet so completing the program getting to a position where there is no one left you're deliberately holding a resentment against there are people who or situations where the temptation the memory of the resentment the temptation to the to resent crops up like several times a day but you know that you you know you've already run through the arguments you know that you shouldn't you bat it away you pray blah blah, blah. i'm not saying temptation doesn't come back but you've you're doing the work you've done the work. you've made all the amends for all the people you can find you're deliberately and concertedly trying to help other people you're in what is going to get called the uh fourth dimension and i'm just going to do i'm just going to finish on this the difference between the before and the after i think the before a spiritual awakening is where I feel like I'm at the center of the physical world 
like a pin cushion and everybody else is in charge of the pins and they just spend all their day all day every day sticking pins in me there is nothing i can do about it and the best i can do is retaliate manipulate control scheme plot resent and gossip these are the tools of the program before a spiritual awakening with the spiritual awakening the the, the different state i'm in afterwards sometimes you're still watching the film going on and the film may not be all that pleasant but you're aware you're in the cinema and that there is a world outside that this is not all there is to reality there is more going on and the difference between being in a horror film where or watching a horror film in a cinema where you you forget you're in a cinema you think you're actually in the film and you know watching a horror film and being having all the emotions of someone who's watching a horror film but knowing that first of all this is not this is a fragment of reality it's a distorted reflection of reality it is not reality you're on a completely different basis now the mechanics for why the actions of the program place you in a position where you realize the existence of a far greater reality is this is not the time or place to go into the mechanics of that but i can report because that's what we do in recovery we report i report that to be the case um recognizing that my identity stems from that higher reality my purpose stems from the higher reality and therefore my security stems from the higher reality means i can operate in this world where you can get zapped at any moment by all sorts of things um it matters a lot less because when the film's over and you leave the cinema the world hasn't gone just that film's over. Maybe there's another cinema somewhere else where I can go and watch another film. But the whole basis of living is completely different. And so I can engage in the world with a lot more compassion because I don't have any investment in the game. Now, last point about a spiritual awakening. You have a spiritual awakening and it's amazing and it's lovely and you can feel the universe literally vibrating and you feel other people's emotions like in a genuine way uh, for you can feel their reality and then you wake up the next day and you're depressed and you're angry again well you know i'm afraid that's the way these things work so i think it was maimonides if in doubt say it's maimonides because no one knows it well enough to contradict you um I think it was Maimonides that said a spiritual awakening or words to this effect were like seeing a landscape lit up uh, by lightning during a storm. And for a moment, you see everything with perfect clarity. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to recall what you saw in that moment. And so I think, honestly, we have spiritual awakenings. Every I think I wake up 
spiritually unawake most days and the job each day is to wake up again and on a good day I wake up between when I wake up and when I reach the kettle sometimes it takes a bit longer and I spend the first hour or two bowing down at the altar of my own distorted perception of the world before I remember oh I'm wrong oh sorry I forgot anyway I'm going to stop there and let's um uh oh there we go Rabbi Chaim uh, Moshe Lutzato in the Pathway of the Just. Marvellous. Well, I shall look that up. Thank you. Um, so we've got some uh, some other speakers who are going to come in. So I'm going to uh, shut up and do the dishes. Uh, so um, uh, other speakers, please come in. Hi, everyone. I'm Osher. Um, I'm a member of Al-Anon. Thank you so much, Tim. Um, I thoroughly read Tim's handout on spiritual awakening that was just up on the screen. I, I can't suggest more strongly to really um, uh, bite into it and uh, and take it in. So it's so interesting. Um, I've been in 12-step recovery uh, for a few 24 hours, and it's really the first time that that I was asked to. Um, consider uh, um, what what is the nature of the spiritual uh, awakening that I've had and to kind of really look at that. Um, and so I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And I started off, of course, with this panic of maybe I've just been making it all up and I haven't had a spiritual awakening. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but something's different. So um, So what I'll say is that I never actually worked toward having a spiritual awakening. That wasn't my goal, right? Um, I came in here because of the pain um, into Al-Anon. Um, I stay because of the pain <laughs> for the most part. In other words, I just don't want to experience that pain. Uh, and um, working the program helps me not only not experience the pain, but um, cope with life in a totally, totally different way. Um, and, and so all I needed to do was just work the program, do, do what I was told. Um, and that has worked for me to be able to get to a place where I'm, uh, I have a totally different way of looking at the world, um, uh, a different way of reacting, an ability to take that pause most of the time. Um, and so some of the things that have changed for me are, are a big change in semantics. I pay a lot of attention to the words that I use and the words that other people use. Um, and that's been very helpful to me. For example, um, it, it's helped me change my perspective on life. And so I, I no longer talk about um, being lucky, but rather being blessed. Um, and I look for miracles rather than um, perhaps, you know, uh, coincidences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, in my eyes, sometimes my problems are not solved. But even though they're not solved, I do believe today that I'm okay. Um, and that's been pretty new for me in recent years, and I'm really, really grateful for for having that um, uh, outlook. Um, and it's a big, big change. So when what is appears as a crisis hits, I, I now feel that I do have tools to deal with it that are not self-reliance. And sometimes these tools just kick in. I'm really surprised, you know, the tool of picking up the phone, the tool of prayer, the tool of just stopping for a moment. Um, um, the tool of 
having a list on my phone of, of things that I can do and, and, you know, being able to remember that I have them on my phone. Um, when I first came to program, it took me a few years, but I discovered that one of my core character defects was self-loathing or self-hatred. It was something that really went ran deep and I'd had for a very long time. I didn't know I had it when I came into the program, so it was part of my discovery. And just over the years, simply by working the program, you know, um, the character defect has, has essentially been lifted. Um, and I walk around on earth loving who I am, enjoying being who I am, and liking my choices most of the time. Um, and being able to accept um, when I didn't like my choices um, and learning more and more uh, about just loving the various parts of me and in turn being able to love other people. I never know where chicken and egg is with that one. Um, I find that I can trust my intuition. Um, of course, I still run it by a group conscience. And over and over, I'm finding that my group conscience confirms my intuition. Not always. This week, I had an occasion where um, a sponsee told me, did you call your sponsor on that one? <laughs> and they were both right. I was not. <laughs> my intuition wasn't on. So I'll keep coming back. Um, and a couple of years ago, some things happened in my life that I thought I would never get used to. Um, some attach attachments to people in my life that I thought that I could never let go. Um, at the time, I couldn't possibly see myself without these people, um, and, and I couldn't possibly see myself with acceptance and forgiveness of the things that they had done and the choices that they had made. And a miracle has totally happened for me by simply following the direction of people in the program, you know, where I most most of the time, thoroughly enjoy my life, have accepted where these people are, forgiven them most of the time. Um, and I say most of the time because sometimes my ego comes back with little things that it likes to remind me of and say, and you know, I get, I get a chance to make a choice. Um, one of the quotes um, from the handout is quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. And I have certainly found this to be true, um, without exception. And I really uh, aspire to live by it today. Um, I trust and love my higher power. I thirst for time with my higher power. Love, love, love time with my higher power. Um, it is the sweetest feeling of fullness and completion, meaning completing me. Um, and, um, and I would say that for me, uh, that essentially summarizes having had a spiritual awakening. Um, it's definitely about having a new belief system, beliefs about my identity, my usefulness, and so much more. It just trickles down and through me and um, into my entire life and all my thoughts. Um, that's it. Thanks. Hi, I'm Elisheva. I'm in I'm grateful to be here. Um, I, I came to program believing that God's a punishing God, and I went out into the world looking for proof that God is punishing, and I found that what I seek is what I find, and I thought I was finding proof that God, in fact, is a punishing God, and that I was experiencing the punishing God, but really what I was experiencing was a projection of what I believed, and here I was told to, that I get to choose the God that I want to believe in, and that when I believe in a loving God, I'll see and experience a loving God. And so I asked God to show me how I can change my belief. And the thought came to me to write down words from formal prayers that moved me. And at first, when I went through the formal prayers, I started writing down 
things that I thought should move me because I felt guilty not putting those things on the list. But it became clear to me that they don't really move me and this exercise is gonna lose its strength if I, if I do that. So I took out the things that didn't really move me. And then I went through certain parts of the Bible, of Psalms, and then eventually I started airing other spiritual readings. And I pray and meditate on these words. And along with the steps and applying the principles of the traditions and the concepts, this has really helped uh, change my belief of uh, punishing God into a loving God. And it also helps me maintain this belief when the road Sorry, when the going gets tough. Um, my beliefs influence my thinking, my attitudes, my conceptions, my motives, the things that I say and the things that I do. And the spiritual awakening is the complete willingness to drop all the old beliefs. And I need a spiritual awakening and I need the complete willingness to drop my old beliefs in order that there be a change in my thinking, my attitudes, my conceptions, my motives and the things that I say and do. And when I came to program, I held on very tight to my old beliefs. I didn't even know what my old beliefs were. Um, now, looking back, I can see that some of them were that God's a punishing God, that I need the addicts to be clean in order to be okay, that I can force people to change and that will bring me um, serenity and peace. And I didn't know how to let go of the beliefs that I was aware of, and I didn't know how to become aware of the beliefs that I wasn't aware of. Uh, and I also didn't know what beliefs I should replace these old beliefs with. But what I did know was that my life was totally unmanageable. And I was, I was willing to listen to what people in program had done, and I was willing to work the steps, but I had not yet surrendered. I was compliant. And Harry Tebot defined surrender as a wholehearted acceptance. And I did not have a wholehearted acceptance that there were certain things that I could never do again and that there are certain things that I'm always going to have to continue doing. I was, I was complacent. I was willing to minimize my acting out. I was willing to minimize controlling people and manipulating and people-pleasing and other non-behaviors. And I was even willing to totally give them up temporarily in order to be returned to sanity. But I held on to the belief that one day I'd be able to moderate my behavior, that one day I'd be able to take one or two um, manipulating or controlling actions or say one or two controlling or manipulating things and then stop, or that I'd be able to take one or two people-pleasing actions and then stop. And I had not surrendered to the fact that I'll never be able to moderate these behaviors. And I, I can't will myself into surrender. It's something that happens to me. And it happened to me through working the steps uh, and through asking people in recovery lots of questions and following through with their suggestions, even when they made no sense to me. And then the gift of surrender was given to me. And with the gift of surrender came a spiritual awakening. And um, it came the willingness to drop the old beliefs and to pick up other healthy beliefs. And with that comes the flow of power from God to maintain my emotional sobriety. Um, for me, the, mo the, the spiritual awakening is the sense of clarity that, of course, God is a loving God. There's no other option of what to believe. God is a loving God. Of course, I can't force someone to change. And of course, my happiness doesn't depend on anything outside of me. Um, it became clear to me that by trying to control and manipulating people, I'm pushing God aside and I'm playing God. And I can either play God or I can rely on God. I can't have it both ways. And it's this clarity that God can restore me to sanity, even if the addicts continue acting out, as long as I stay close to God and I serve him, and that God can return me to sanity no matter what's going on around me.
Now, during the course of the day, I forget these things by the rough and tumble, but, but what's going on around me? And, and that's why I need to keep coming back. I need to keep on working, working with my sponsor, being in touch with friends, coming to meetings, working with sponsees, because all of these keep on reminding me of the spiritual principles and the steps, and I need constant reminder. I'll leave it there. Hi, I'm Emma, a grateful member of Essanon. Um, loving the sharing. Um, I spiritual awakening. I actually had the same reaction that uh, somebody else shared. Um, okay, have I had a spiritual awakening? Am I making this up? Is this real? Am I just trying to play a, a role here? And that got me thinking a lot um, to where I started from. Um, when I came in here, um, I don't know if you ever been to Spain but when I was a kid we used to go to Spain a lot and I was really little and I would go into the water with my mum and dad beside me I'd go into the water and sometimes I would get pulled under and in that moment when I was pulled under I had this complete desperation of get me out of here I'm going to drown I had this total and utter moment of just anything and anybody save me and that's pretty much how I felt when I came first into program I had that utter desperation that I could not do this on my own. And I think that was a really big gift for me because um, that expression had brought me to my knees. I, I, I needed something. So when I look back at there and I look back at my old behaviors, <clears throat> thinking that I could fix the world and I was responsible for the world. And if I just did, if I just, I could have done this and I should have done this and I would have done this. I, everything would have been fine. I just have to find the right key and the right formula and, and I'll make it work. Um, the joy of this program is I'm no longer Atlas. I no longer have the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I think that is the beginning of when I look backwards and I say, where did I come from? That I can see now what I don't do anymore. And I don't really have another measure uh, bar that. Um, it's a design for living this program. You take the steps and you just do it. Um, there's an advert on TV here that says you do, you, you do what it says on the tin. You do what it says in the book. You do it and it works. And I know it works because I see it in my life and I see it in the lives of my friends and my sponsor and, and those around me. And it's the most incredible thing for me the spiritual awakening, seeing that in my fellows and my meetings, seeing the change in them, seeing the change in other people, that is just the most awesome thing. Um, it really is very godly for me. I had to also change um, a lot of my thinking, a lot of my, um, a lot of my uh, actions, my behaviors, coming back to my thoughts. And I'm very lucky to have a sponsor who, who guides me in that direction constantly what's what's the belief what's the belief and 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 has sent me on times to do two week exercise of the underlying belief and changing it and imprinting it to a different view and i'm very grateful that to me that's god speaking speaking through her to say emma you can do this you can do this it's possible um sandy beach says um it comes from the big book suddenly we realize that god is doing for us that which we could not do for ourselves and sandy beach comments that either you have a sudden change or a gradual change but suddenly you realize it and i think sitting down to do this i suddenly realized it that things are different 
um, there is more God consciousness. There is more me coming to a situation with pause. There's more of me walking away. There's more of me bringing God into my life, of working with sponsees, praying, um, praying before I speak to them, praying before I do things. And I'm so very grateful for this. I'm going to end with something I read. And I, I don't know where it's from, and I don't know the original author, so please forgive me. But they said what for them was a spiritual awakening. And I really relate to this, an increased tendency to just let things happen. I don't have to be in control. Attacks of smiling for random reasons. Um, I find that a lot. I have no idea why I'm smiling at a leaf, but it happens. Feelings more connect, feeling more connected to others and nature. Episodes of appreciation for random things. This morning I woke up and I just felt good. And just for that, I'm so very grateful to wake up and feel good. Thinking and acting spontaneously rather than from fear. Enjoying each moment. I never did that at the beginning. And I know that right now, every time I enjoy a moment, that's so godly because that's so different to the way I was. Uh, I haven't got here yet, but loss of the ability to worry. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there by imprinting new things into my consciousness. Loss of interest of conflict. Loss of interest in interpreting other people's actions. That I'd like to work on some more, but it's getting there. Loss of judging others. Loss of beating myself up. Love without expecting anything back in return. I think that's a beautiful way of expressing some of the things that we gain in program. And whoever wrote it, I think it's really something to hang on to because these promises come true if you just do the work. Thank you for listening. I think that's probably Maimonides. Anyway, I'm sure Evan will tell us if we're if I'm wrong on that. So um, I'm just going to invite other people to come in and share um, by just put a little message in the chat box and I'll bring you in. Uh, if you're on the phone, just uh, uh, text Emma or Elisheva or Osha, who can then pass, pass it on to me. But until we get volunteers, I'm just going to pick on people. So um, Rich, would you like to share? Rich, I might come back to you later. Um, Risey, would you like to share? Hi, it's Risey. Um, thank you all for your shares. Um, for me, um, step 12 is big. I think it ties all the steps together. Um, and it's, to me, it's passing on what I've been given, taking on sponsors or sharing and um, taking on more service. Um, I think it holds me in the solid ground um, to do the actions of the program and to be able to take the actions from the from the night review from step 11. Um, and it keeps to me, it's like a consistency to be able to um, keep on praying to God to help, to be able to um, to ask God for help, not to act out on my character defects, to be able to continuously be kind and tolerant um, to myself and with others. And like someone else shared that it's big to be kind to myself and to be okay with myself. Um, this is something I'm still learning. Um, when something comes up to deal with it, to deal with it straight away, not to let it ruin your day. So like if you need to apologize and you need to ask something to your sponsor, not to um, let it, um, not to let it get big, um, the resentment or something that's going on. And usually it can just be like sitting with yourself and um, seeing what's going on for me. Um, I think this is all coming together for me, the big 
on the bigger picture when I'm doing the program. And um, I think coming from step two, it says um, God is everything or nothing. And it's really what do I believe um, to I repeat consistently, like, God, I know nothing, you know, everything, show me what to do. Um, and just because today I don't see it doesn't mean it can be a different day tomorrow. Uh, it's every day new just to be able to work these principles. Um, actually, when I did the step 12, I wrote up the principles in columns, the things that to do or not to do. And I keep on reading it. The principles of the program are just something that floats in my mind and it can keep me um, uplifted. Um, and that's that's really that. I think I, like people, other people shared, it, it helps me to... Um, the spiritual awakening for me can be um, the letting go of control or just the seeing sometimes the feeling of God is holding me and seeing the growth in my life, um, the change that have been or to what is now. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, Claire, would you like to share? Sorry, I have to pass this to him. Thanks. Uh, Sarah Rivka, would you like to share? Hi, everybody. I'm Sarah Rivka, grateful member of Al-Anon. Um, yes, fa fabulous meeting. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who shared so far. Um, for me, for me, a spiritual awakening happened to me both gradually and suddenly. So the first, the first phase of the development was very gradual because I came into the program highly agnostic and, um, you know, and I, I was just so screwed up. I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate. It was like too complicated, all the steps and different things you're supposed to do. And I basically just came and I sat in meetings. I once heard someone say, if you, uh, on a program, program speaker say, like, if you, if you go and you sit in a chicken coop, every night from eight to nine thirty, like do you become a chicken? In in my case I I, I kinda did. You know, I I uh I saw you people clucking and I I sat there and I went to a lot of meetings my first five years. I went to uh, I went to about nine meetings a week and I just absorbed what people were saying. I didn't do I didn't do the a lot of the steps, but I, I absorbed what was going on and I felt the love and I felt the hope. And I, I, I started to change. I mean, I, I, and I didn't know that I was changing, but other people noticed it and they pointed it out to me. And other people said to me, wow, you're, you're really different. And, um, and I saw the people around me changing. So I figured, well, if they're changing and people tell me I'm changing, maybe I'm changing. So it was a very gradual, I had a very gradual coming to believe, uh, coming to believe in a power greater than myself. And, and the spiritual awakening uh, of that gradual kind it took place over many years. And, and, then one, and then one day I had one of those sudden awakenings, which was kind of amazing and, um, and very helpful. And, you know, it just, I don't know if there's anybody who's new and they're listening to this. It, it, the program works. Um, you know, at the beginning, Tim read the part, part, parts out of the big book, and it talks about the alcoholic. And the alcoholic 
all the alcoholic has to do is stop drinking and they're big success. You get a cake and people clap for you. And in Al-Anon, it's a lot harder. It's like, what, what exactly is it that I'm supposed to not do? And, and what am I supposed to do? And I, I just, it just took me a long time to figure all that out. Um, you know, I came, when I came in, it was like, I don't even know if God exists. And today, I would say that God is the most important thing in my life. And my connection with God and I seek God and I, I still have no idea what God is, but I, I feel, I have an experience of feeling the love of God and, uh, the desire to, to love other people, to pass that love on, the desire to be a channel for God. So, um, yeah, I can, I could still be in a very, uh, a dark and unhappy place, but like, like Osher shared, I, I know what to do. I, I, today I just know to pick up the phone. I know to pray. If I call, if I call like two people and the line is busy with both people, I just automatically start praying. I'm like, oh, that's like God's way of telling me, go straight to God and do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Don't call anybody. Uh, so that's what I do. And, and, and it works. And I have such joy in my life, uh, from this connection with my higher power and from the kind of meaning that I have in my life today. And I say like, if I, if I didn't have this joy in my life, if I didn't have God in my life, I don't think I'd still be here, you know, but I, I, I keep coming back because it keeps getting better and better. So for anyone who's having the gradual kind of spiritual awakening, if it seems like it's taking a really long time, um, you know, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it because it's, uh, it does take a really long time. Um, I heard a coach talk about who's the most fit person in the world. And, he, and they asked him this, a world famous coach, and he said, uh, athletic coach. He said, that person has to be about 80 years old before I can answer that question. Like if you're 80 years old and you can still do a split and a squat and a bench press, you're fit. So it's the same thing with fit spiritual condition. You know, come back and talk to me when you're 80, and then we'll see if you had the spiritual awakening that you're working so hard on today. Because I'm getting close to 80. 60 is, but, you know, feels close to 80. And it just keeps getting better and better. So that's my message. Keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Devoyery, would you like to share? Yeah, hi, it's Ryrie. Thank you for all your shares. I'm really enjoying this meeting and I'm finding it um, really wonderful to see that. Um, I think this has been shared and I relate to this. I didn't come for a spiritual awakening. I came because I wasn't handling my life and I needed an answer. I needed something else that would work. And to be honest, then I started hearing the answer from the meetings. It didn't seem like this was the right answer for me. I did not want to believe that there was a spiritual solution to all my problems. And it took me time to actually think that even if I don't quite believe that there's a spiritual solution to all my problems, I should try it because it seems to be working for everyone else. And um, I think for me that that spiritual awakening was seeing that in myself and in my own life that this is the truth that there's a spiritual answer to all my problems. And when I 
believe this. And I did believe this because that was the reality and I started working accordingly. That's when my problems started going away and I could see that um, I am not the center of the universe, which was uh, quite fascinating for me. And God is the center of the universe. That was um, that was my spiritual awakening. When I had that clarity and that came after working the steps, that God is the center of the universe. And even if I am not um, focusing on myself and everyone else and what is happening to me because of everyone else, the universe will still function and I can be okay without those behaviors that were destroying my life. And when I... Um, I like that um, quote from the path of the just that, you know, to remember that it's, it's remembering that. And I have a lot of tools that help me remember that because my ego keeps on telling me and it happens more than once a day that um, I am the center of the universe and that every, everyone is doing things to me and I have to kind of make sure this doesn't happen. And when I can remember that this is a lie and this is not true, and the earlier I remember it, um, the better off I am. Um, I I can, um, I have the tools and I know what to do and I can get back to that place. And that is really beautiful for me. I want to share related to that part about just having less resentments, one or two resentments that can really kill me. Um, I think that when I was doing it the first time around and I was doing it probably a lot too slowly to get the full benefits of it, it took me well over a year, the first lot of the steps. Um, I I had so many resentments. I think it was like 87. And it was just, that was how I lived my life. That I, I had 87 people to be angry at, um, who were wrong. And that is why my life looked the way it looked. And actually today, when I work it through, and there's one or two, it can make me a lot more insane. But I think I'm lucky today that I know that these one or two people that I'm holding on to, that is what's killing me. And I can turn to God, take inventory, um, pray, and it's a lot of praying and a lot of turning to God. And I have that, that solution which I can put in place. And like I think this was shared as well, which I'll just say again, for me, the more often I turn to God, turn to God before something goes wrong, turn to God when something starts going wrong, turn to God, when something negative comes up and just pray and pray and turn to the source of, you know, that what is the center of my universe, that's when I'm spiritually fit. And the more I do that, the more it becomes part of my life and the more my life improves. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, everyone. I'm afraid that's all the time we've got for sharing today. Um, so uh, just a couple of little notices. We're back here uh, for the next two weeks at the same time on the current cycle said it'll take two more weeks to finish step 12. After that people have asked well what are we going to do? Well what we're going to do is this. Um, uh, we're going to be here every Sunday uh, at 10 o'clock UK time so watch the times of the clocks changing in different countries. It's a bit crazy at the moment everyone's changing it at a different time. It'll be 10 a.m UK time. And what we'll have is a different presenter each week um, to present a topic from the big book, plus some readings from the Anon literature, which dovetail with that big, do big book topic. So you can see how the two 
the two sets of literature work together, who will share for maybe around 15 minutes. Those presentations will be recorded and uploaded and be there for people to access. The rest of the meeting will just be an ordinary sharing uh, or questions and answers, whatever you want to do as the attendees for that remaining 45 minutes. Some more, some more uh, uh, information about that and a flyer will be presented in, in due course, but we've got a couple of weeks left of the current site. So, just to close off our meeting today, please unmute if you care to and join me in the serenity. God, grant me the serenity.